0: Oh, Sarah Rot and on this episode, I am joined with.
1: Hi, I am Josh Petrovsky. I'm a staff writer for the Daily Aztec.
0: Hi, Josh. How are you?
1: I'm doing good. It's a little chilly today, but I like it. You know, it was getting really hot the last couple days, so I'm glad that it's starting to cool back down again. I don't really want the summer to start coming yet. I revel in these spring times, so holding on to that weather as much as I can. I feel
0: that absolutely. Well, welcome to the podcast, first time on.
1: <laughs> yep, first podcast ever, actually. I've been meaning to do it for a wow, while, really? But just didn't ever get, get around to joining one. So, yeah, I'm very excited to be here and talk about these stories we've got.
0: Awesome. So, yeah, so we got a couple of very breaking news stories for you guys so josh you want to take it away
1: sure so yeah the first story we're going to talk about is the derek chauvin verdict he was charged guilty on all three counts and obviously this was cause for a lot of celebration in both san diego and the country at large it's very much a baby steps situation this is the first what was it, 138 years since a police officer had been convicted in minneapolis so it's still a lot of progress to go i feel that it's correct to say that it's not justice justice would be if George Floyd was still alive and with us today, it's completely something to celebrate. It is the right thing that should have happened, but it should never have happened to begin with.
0: Definitely, I agree. The streets
1: of San Diego were filled with music, honking, and noises of celebration today. The nation breathed a collective sigh of relief. This is by Caitlin Robinson. And Brendan Tucinardi. On April 20th, former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin was found guilty of all three charges in the murder of George Floyd. Chauvin was charged with second degree unintentional murder, third degree murder, and second degree manslaughter, all of which he pled not guilty. The verdict comes after, after almost a year after George Floyd's murder on May 25th. The specific of Chauvin's sentence will be decided in the following weeks. He faces up to 40 years in prison for the most severe charge, which is second degree murder. San Diego State sent an email expressing the university's solidarity in support of the verdict. We must work through love, and um, we need always to come together through kindness, the email said. We are working against centuries of deeply-seated systematic racism. The email continued and listed events in the upcoming weeks that will be put on by various SDSU clubs and organizations. President Adela De La Torre tweeted, I am pleased that a verdict has been rendered in the Chauvin trial today. This is just the beginning of overdue justice. Now is our time. It has long been our time to strengthen our bridges and move forward together to create a better and more equitable society. On Saturday, April 17th, a group of approximately 200 protesters gathered in downtown San Diego to show their support for the family of Dante Wright, Adam Toledo, and the Black Lives Matter movement. The protest was organized by black women, and although the movement supports BLM, they announced that they were not associated with BLM San Diego. Dante Wright was a 20 year old black man who was pulled over in Brooklyn center on april 11 officers pulled him and his girlfriend over for driving with expired tags authorities said when wright refused to get out of his car officer kimberly ann porter pulled out her gun and yelled taser 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 but then proceeded to fire her gun the shot killed Dante wright his girlfriend was in the passenger seat and his mother was on the phone with him details about the warrant for his arrest have not been released protests took place across the country on april 17th in the cities of chicago denver and portland
0: wow um, very interesting, you know, definitely agree with you with what you have to say and you know, I'm glad that we reached that verdict and I'm glad that we've come to some kind of peace, but I do hope that we work more to make every make lives so much better.
1: Yeah, this can't this can't just be a one and done scenario. This needs to be something that is built upon Um, Over years and years and years, if if the people that are saying they truly back movements like Black Lives Matter and support without cry of police violence, then this can't just be a one and done. We need to consistently hold police accountable for violence inflicted on civilians. in ways that did not need to be inflicted.
0: Alright guys, next we're going to talk about a story by Caitlin Nguyen about Professor Robert Jordan. So basically on April 13th, San Diego State students took to social media to express their outrage over a racially insensitive remark made by him. In a 50 second clip that was put on social media, he was making some racial assumptions that students might encounter in TV and films. And the original post was by user Jay Gaines Jr. And it gained almost 500 likes, 30 replies, and over 300 retweets in a day. And it caught the attention of SDSU, where they released a statement on Twitter quoting, Professor Jordan insisted the clip is in no way represents his personal views or opinions, the university statement says. SDSU does not tolerate acts of marginalization racism and hatred based on personal background identity or skin color end quote when whether an investigation would take place the university said no further information was available so this clip comes out of his 160 class people are saying that it hit harder than the context obviously ongoing of Derek Chauvin and Dante Wright. Some students, like African Student Union President Kennedy Boyd, are calling for the university to take disciplinary actions against Jordan. The SDSU college chapter of the NAACP posted a statement on Instagram calling for President Adela de la Torre to investigate the incident and remove Jordan. Wow.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's so this is a big thing to drop this week or was it last week technically
0: it was last week technically but we're just talking about it this week
1: <laughs> yeah i i see both sides on this where there's no reason to have a descriptor like that in your lecture even if you're trying to teach about systematic racism and how that has been prevalent in film since the dawn of film you know the first major film was birth of a nation a uh, deeply racist but there could have there there's definitely should have been better tact on jordan's side of how he explained these concepts to students
0: yes he Uh, could have definitely worded it better
1: it's also understandable why you would want an investigation into something with that big of an outcry from students i do think further investigation by the school is warranted even if it comes up with nothing you know doing that investigation to say hey you know we looked into everything about this to make sure that everything's on the open up we reviewed these lectures fully we reviewed previous lectures, we reviewed stuff like, you know, just reviewed like a social media history, that type of information does a lot for students. If you ask me personally to say, Hey, we're listening to what you guys are saying. We understand your concerns and we're going to further look into them. Just saying that we don't have a comment for you at this time. I feel I I sympathize with the students in that regard that would be upset that they're, they don't feel like the school's actually listening to their concerns. And especially with going back to the Chauvin stuff that happened this week, with De La Torre saying that these are the first steps in moving towards real justice, if De La Torre and the administration believe in moving towards that real justice, doing things like an investigation into this further would be a good way for them to show the school that they mean what they're saying, you know?
0: Yes, absolutely. And I hope that a thorough investigation is worked out. And we have answers soon. All right, everyone, moving on. AS elections have come to an end, and SDSU Now have swept the title. This is by our news editor, Jaden. So, Ashley Tejada and the rest of the SDSU Now slate swept the 2021 Associated Students election winning each executive board position. The results of the election were finalized by Judicial Affairs Council and the AS election committee on April 12th, a week later than originally anticipated due to several complaints filed against SDSU Now. The election committee dismissed a complaint citing a lack of evidence. Tejada will lead the AS executive board as president alongside Karina Esteban as executive vice president, Shaki Moore, as Vice President of External Relations, Jennifer Scheckenfelder as Vice President of University Affairs, and Austin Barber as Vice President of Financial Affairs. Tejada will be the ninth female AS president since the university auxiliary founding in 1921. After their win was unofficially announced on March 26th, the SDSU Now Instagram page released a statement thanking their supporters. We cannot thank our supporters enough for empowering us on this journey, the statement said. Tejada received 1,497 votes compared to her competitor, Bella Martellino, who received 1,016 votes even after withdrawing from the race before voting closed due to complaints filed against her in the elections committee. Despite the delay, Tejada is eager to lead. Moving forward, she said she wanted to see changes made to the A.S. election committee And in her term as president, she hopes to increase voter turnout for SDSU elections as well as make university funds and resources more accessible for students and increase transparency at the university. The 2021-22 Executive Board will be sworn in on May 5th. Congratulations to all of you who now hold that position.
1: Yep, congratulations to all of the current elects for the AS election. It was, very, it was a very tumultuous election, it seems, this year. It's interesting that to think about if this would have popped up two weeks before elections. Where might we be standing now? You know, I'm glad that they were able to resolve all of that, though. Moving on. Yeah.
0: Josh, you did a story this week, or last week. So, why don't you talk about that?
1: Yeah, so... San Diego is gonna be moving into the orange tier and vaccine eligibility has expanded in the entire country at this point. San Diego moved into the orange tier of California's COVID-19 prevention framework last Wednesday april 7th this move comes after san diego county has achieved a case rate of less than six infections per 100 000 county residents moving to the orange tier will shift the restrictions that various businesses have to meet to be allowed to be open restaurants now can have up to 50 percent capacity indoors a 200 person capacity whichever is fewer and curfews will be lifted gyms will now be allowed to have a 25 percent capacity indoors will be allowed to open indoor pools, and additionally, movie theaters, zoos, aquariums, and museums, and places of worship will be all be allowed to have up to 50% capacity. This comes off the heels as Gavin Newsom, our governor, announced last week that California will be eliminating the COVID-19 tier system starting June 15th if case rates continue to trend downward, as they have been since the COVID-19 vaccine has become more available to California residents. The mask mandate implemented by Governor Newsom, however, will stay in effect after June 15th. Yeah, so this is really good news.
0: Absolutely.
1: I believe Orange County hit orange tier once in the fall when case rates were going down initially, but nobody had achieved that since. And now multiple counties in California have been moving down into that orange tier and are continuing to trend downward, especially as vaccines have become more available. I don't know if you saw, but Biden announced on Monday that vaccines are now available to every person age 16 and up yes there are the issues with the johnson johnson vaccine currently the moderna and pfizer vaccines are getting enough supply out there that we're still getting a good amount of shots in arms and we're still continuing to trend downward as of today april 21st the seven day average for california is 40.3 per one hundred thousand people which is the lowest in the continental u.s rather uh, hawaii is slightly lower with a case rate of 39.1 per 100,000. so what that tells me is that the the tiered system has had a lot of um, complaints by california residents and i think some of that has been warranted they have been maybe a little too restrictive for some california residents but at the end of the day it showed it it worked and these vaccines are working getting the vaccine is helping people and so that you should be encouraged to to go get a vaccine because these case rates are falling and if you want life to return to the normal that we knew we need to get these vaccines into arms and continue to have that number trend downward it's also very encouraging for those for the tiered system to be going away in june that does say that the timeline that we're on to get enough vaccines into arms to reach herd immunity will be by around the end of the summer
0: right right
1: well, which was thought to be hopeful at a certain point, especially with how the U.S. has responded to the coronavirus over the entirety of the pandemic. Being able to successfully get all those vaccines to people, even though it was a very slow start, but now it's consistently and consistently ramped up, is only a good thing for uh, us in San Diego and will most likely lead to... SCSU going back to uh, in-person classes in fall, like was announced a couple weeks ago.
0: Yeah, like it was announced. Abs- you are absolutely right. I totally agree with you. But I'm going to say it, and I've said it in every podcast. Make sure you're still wearing your mask. You know, you're still keeping your social distancing and everything. I'm still guessing that even though with our immunity and all that, we're still going to have masks for at least another year or so.
1: Yeah, I would say that's, that's true. You know, it's interesting, too, because I work at a Target and there was a couple month period there in the winter like around around christmas when case rates were really skyrocketing here yeah i did not feel safe going into work and more than any other time in this pandemic i felt like i was going to go into work and i was going to get sick and i was going to bring it home to my family and that would you know who knows if we would all survive you know it's it's very you don't you just don't know on that type of stuff and we were i was getting texts constantly that were saying hey you're you're someone at the store caught covid but we're doing blah 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 to make sure that everybody in the store is safe that's scary and those texts like kept multiplying and multiplying and multiplying and it was like oh no oh my you know God. Like, like, who, you know and you start to you start to notice people like not being there and i haven't gotten one of those texts in like two months and i've got my vaccine now wow and a lot of my coworkers have vaccines now and that's great there's a feeling of optimism among my coworkers and myself about the situation that there wasn't a few a few months ago
0: absolutely
1: we f- we're starting to feel safer and that's a good thing and it's not even like a false safeness that we kind of fell into over the summer last year this is this is real and yeah. is only going to get better as long as we all work together and make sure that you're wearing your mask you're getting the vaccine when you're able to get an appointment stuff like that
0: now that we talked about the very important stuff let's talk about the fun stuff let i'm sure josh over here really isn't going to agree with me about but Taylor Swift is back on top. Now, I'm sure all of you Swifties have seen it, but you guys remember that Fearless was re-released from her 2008 edition, and now here we are. I'm pretty sure it's 10 years later, and I've seen it all over TikTok where everybody's like, oh yeah, I have a boyfriend, but I don't have a boyfriend today because I want to feel this (laughs) album." So, you know, she's an independent and strong woman who's inspirational to young girls, not only because of the extreme success she's had, but she shows this by staying up to the big male business and fearless. Her voice is more mature and refined. Her vocals have improved and are smoother. I mean, it's just the revamped version. And if you haven't already listened to her album, go listen to it. I'm sure Josh over here is just like, uh, no.
1: So normally I'm against re-recordings of albums. I tend to think that the artist's vision at the time is what should be preserved, even if they don't necessarily agree with that vision at that point. But I've always found when an artist that I like re-recorded something, it's not as good. This, like I, and I I first saw this and I was like, why is she doing this? Except is, does she want money? So I looked into it a little bit. because I was like, Okay, and then I've I've understood why, and I understood, like, the reasons with all the contract disputes holding up the rights to her music when she wrote all of that music. You know, it wasn't like someone else wrote it, and then they owned the the rights anymore. And I completely understand and support her decision to re-go and re-record these albums. Like, she deserves to have ownership of her work, as all artists do, and it being tied up in all of these wonky legal disputes over her original record company, her still technically owning the rights to that music because she wrote it. I completely understand why she would put out a new version of it and continue to put out these new versions while working on new music. It's super cool, actually.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Her, after hearing her masters were sold to Scooter Braun, a record executive and manager who allegedly bullied Taylor throughout the years, she talked about how she was trying to gain ownership of her old recordings and ultimately leave... Big Machine Records, and signed with Universal Music Group. So, you know, absolutely good for her for going out there and being like, these are this is my song, this is my music, and taking it back. Absolutely. If you guys want to read the full story, it is on the thedailyaztec.com by staff writer Alexandria Will. Go check it out. Very, very detailed, talking about all the songs and... You guys will love it.
1: Yeah, our last piece is written by Jake Greenfield. It is a perspective piece about entering at a hospital in a pandemic. It's worth a read if you haven't read. I'll read a couple excerpts out of it, but if you want to read the full story, again, it's on the Daily Aztec like everything else we've talked about today. In October 2020, many businesses were shuttered and the the pandemic raged on. When a friend reached out and asked if I was interested in an internship with the inpatient rehabilitation team at one of San Diego's hospitals, I was pleasantly surprised. I interned at this hospital from October 20th, 2020 until March 2021. The COVID pandemic was statistically the deadliest and spread the fastest during this time. So this is going off the subhead experiencing the pandemic inside of the hospital. From the inside of the hospital, precautions seemed normal. Everyone in the hospital wore masks at all times, but when we interacted with patients, we had to wear a face shield or goggles with masks and gloves. Everyone was required to use an exuberant amount of hand sanitizer, and you must sanitize when you go in and out of every patient's room. The constant smell of alcohol in the sanitizer was nauseating. Unfortunately, even with all the precautions, we interns were still helping to treat patients and putting ourselves at risk. In January, an outbreak occurred in a room with six patients, several nurses, rehab workers, and interns, including myself. They had been treating patients in the room. I was fortunate and never tested positive, and neither did the patient I assisted. Other people in the room, however, did get COVID-19, and the risk to my own safety was real. Shortly after this incident, I was able to obtain my first dose of the vaccine. There was a lot I learned and experienced that had nothing to do with the pandemic especially since this hospital was a level 1 trauma center. As I walked through the hospital, I would often see Border Patrol outside of patient's room. I learned how these officers accompany immigrants that are unfortunately injured while crossing the border. A large number of the patients I saw were homeless. I learned about the process the hospital goes through to get each individual into better situations. I was there when some patients would tell the rehab therapist that they would rather live on the street than in a shelter. After completing this 200-hour unpaid internship at a level 1 trauma center from October 20th to March 2021, I had an outbreak scare, two at- vaccine doses, and good life experiences. I saw so many things that shaped me as a person and will influence the kind of physical therapist I want to be. I hope to return to the same hospital when I'm completing my clinical rotations so I continue to learn from the amazing rehab team there.
0: That That is so interesting, and it's really cool because now here we are, with like vaccines and stuff like that. And, and hearing about that and making you remember, wow, yeah, at this point in time, the pandemic was so bad and so risking that hospitals were not safe. And just, it makes you like, look at the, your perspective of life.
1: Have you had to go to a hospital at all during any of this?
0: No, thank goodness. <laughs> Knock on wood.
1: I... I, I got a surgery done in June last year.
0: Oh, really?
1: You know, it was right when those case, the case rates were plummeting for the first time and everybody was starting to feel safer. The hospital started allowing non life threatening surgeries to happen again. I have an issue with my esophagus where it doesn't work correctly. So I had to go in and get a surgery so I could eat basically, but it was, it was crazy. Like obviously you're wearing your mask all the time. The doctors are constantly switching out masks and they're always wearing the face shields, even in, in the situation where. You have to show up with a COVID test that reads negative before they'll even let you in the building. The most precautions that you could ever take were still being taken there. like, And I was completely far away from the COVID wing and there, you know, there weren't anybody that would have been positive in the area I was in, but just the level of care that those doctors and nurses go through every day to make oh, sure that they keep themselves safe and that the patients they're treating are safe is unreal.
0: Well, I'm glad that you're okay, and I'm glad that, you know, everything went well, and you didn't catch COVID.
1: Yep, somehow I've avoided it this entire time.
0: You've avoided it, me too, knock on wood, you know, we stay safe, we're wearing our masks, but that's really interesting, and this... Opinion was very interesting, so definitely, guys, go check it out.
1: Yep, yeah, totally. Yeah, I I think this was a great piece for us to publish. I think it's absolutely worth a read if you haven't read it and you're listening to this show right now, that you should drop whatever you're doing and go take the five minutes to read through it and really understand the risk that our frontline workers have put themselves through during this entire situation.
0: Absolutely. So if you are a frontline worker and you're listening to this... Thank you. If you're an essential worker and you work during the time with your COVID shot, if you've chosen to get it, you feel safer. Thank you. I hope that and you know, like Josh here, you're not scared to go to work anymore and you can go to work and you can make your income and make your living and not fear coming home and getting sick.
1: That'll do us for our show today. If you are interested in following me, you can check out my writing on the daily aztec or you can follow me on twitter at josh petrovsky oh,
0: dropping the uh the handle <laughs> yeah <Yes. laughs> absolutely self-promotion am
1: you can also find my writing if you are interested in video games at upcomer i am a frequent writer over there as well
0: that okay well i know what i'm going to be doing after this podcast <laughs> and you can find me on twitter at sarah underscore Rot, if you guys feel like following this cool podcast host go ahead and you can find my writings on the daily aztec i also had some recent stuff that went up so definitely go check it out and thank you for listening hope that you all have a good afternoon or good night or whatever you're doing and we will see you next week
1: bye guys next week bye